Hello and welcome to episode four of the Omnibus Podcast. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. In this historic fourth episode, your host will be Luke Osterritter. That's me. And to my left, I have... Adam Lukabill. <laughs> this is outrageous. No- I'm not going to say my name like you guys are. Nothing funny about that. And to my right... <laughs> Danny. Connolly. Fair enough. DFC. Yeah. What up? So this this episode of the show, we should have a new tagline every fifteen minutes. The first tagline is, "It's like peer pressure for your ears." Yeah, I, I didn't even think to say the tagline. Oh man, it's because we need a new one. Yeah, we got another Play one. Out. We'll come out in the next fifteen minutes. Right, okay, we'll we have a we have a secret new tagline to unleash upon the world. So secret, I don't even know about it. <laughs> I emailed us. By the way, if you want to email us. <laughs> omnibuspodcast at gmail.com omnibuspodcast at gmail.com do it oh, you could have just said it that would have been <laughs> fun <laughs> it would have been like a barbershop quartet <laughs> omnibus <laughs> anyway alright we're gonna jump right into uh, how you've been living your life who wants to start why don't you start you never start yeah. you know what I will start let's mess everything All right, Luke, up start and confuse us off. everyone <laughs> I hope you have okay. something ready yeah, you know... The new um, iTunes crowd needs to hear what you think. That's right. We are on iTunes now. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for the end. Oh, okay. Um, Alright, as far as uh, the comic scenes have been going, I just read the first two... Uh, what do you call them? Trades? Sure. Yes. Trades of Monster. Oh, yeah. Nice. Naoki Urasawa's Monster. And um, it's really great. Isn't it? To uh, summarize, it's about... This uh, really young doctor who's of Japanese descent. He's in Germany. And uh, he's basically the man. He is. A brain surgeon. He's got a heart of gold. (laughs) Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, not literally, because, I mean, he'd probably be dead. He'd die of it, yeah. It has to beat. And gold, I mean, (laughs) I know it's kind of... I think gold's known as being pretty soft as far as metal goes. Also poisonous. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you want, Daddy? I don't want him to die. I'm sorry. Well, see... What happens is he makes a choice between saving the life of uh, a young boy or this like big wig kind of guy that if he would have saved that guy's life, he would have done a lot for the hospital as far as you know social Politics clout is concerned. Yeah. yeah, but in the end he decides to save the boy, and um, in a whole little fuck you from fate. Uh, Spoiler alert! <laughs> they're swearing in this, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> We are mature on iTunes. Anyway. So, uh, he saves the boy, and it turns out that the boy is, like, a total freaking sociopath. And, uh, hilarity ensues. That's awesome. But, yeah, uh, it's pretty good. It's like the question of what happens if you do the absolute right thing, and everything goes wrong because of it. It's pretty much... Everything. It's pretty much what goes on. It's like, uh, it's as if you held a door open for a little old lady, and then Anvil just came down. (laughs) Smashed her. That sounds great. Who's the creator? Uh, his name is uh, Naoki Urasawa. And it's oh, on uh, right. yeah. Shonen Jump's signature. Yeah, signature. The Viz signature line. Yeah, which Viz signature. Monster, Vagabond. Um, I think it was Phoenix for a while, but most of the Phoenix volumes are out of print now. I don't know what else is on their signature line. Good stuff, though. Yeah. Monster, in not to totally steal your thunder here, but I think Monster is one of the best, like, top five comics being published, period, today, no matter what. It's like, American, Japanese, whatever, it's just phenomenal. It's very good. I was very pleasantly surprised by it, because, um, 
you also recommended to me uh, MPD Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I finished the first volume of that. And, and you haven't slept since. And I am offended. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I think that it is probably very good, but it is not for the faint of heart. No. Um, I'm going to keep with it for at least another trade. Yeah. I'm afraid. How bad? Like, it's, is it like a, is it like Last House on the Left? Did really just like you read it and then you hate it, but you still like it at the same time. It's like you know you should really just read it. I don't even want to. I'm kind of scared. I don't even want to talk about it. It because it, it'll lose some of the shock value if we keep pimping it like this. Yeah. Okay. See, I would say that MPD Psycho is like a David Lynch film, and Naoki Urasawa's Monster is like I don't even know how you what you would compare in terms of film monster too but more like i don't know like a coen brothers movie yeah. yeah like slow and intense but not disturbing lots of bowling yeah. <laughs> i think there's a rug mpd psychos cronenberg <laughs> cronenberg yeah you know what abdominal yeah mpd psycho is totally <laughs> cronenberg which may be why i hate it so much have we talked about how much i hate cronenberg <laughs> on this podcast no oh man abdominal vaginas <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> one more thing I, I want to say because um, I don't think we're going to be doing any multimedia news today, but uh, they just announced that they're going to re-release Chrono Trigger on Nintendo DS. Yeah. And I haven't been able to yeah. keep a pair of shorts clean since I heard. <laughs> it. Wow, that's an intense love of that game. That's it is it, as intense as one man can love a video game. Awesome. Excellent. Pro- probably a bit more. Probably. <laughs> you actually love it more than it's possible to love a game. I, it's 110%. It goes nice. to 11. Wow. Thomas. That's awesome. All right, so Adam. <laughs> what have I been doing? All right, well, um, I've been reading a lot of stuff lately. Yeah. <laughs> I've kind of been on this one book a day kick, and that's been really exciting. Um, but I also picked up Final Fantasy Advance. Or, wait, it's Final Fantasy Tactics A2. A2. <laughs> something of the something. Which, uh, which is... By the way, the title of every vid- video game is something of the something. That's right. Um, noun of the adjective or yes, something like that? Yes, noun of the adjective. Um, it's not broke, don't fix it. I like it a lot. It's very, very good. It picks up where the Final Fantasy Tactics left off in terms of gameplay, but takes away a lot of the things that were annoying about the last one. Um, the law system is much better in the new game. Are there still uh, judges? There are still judges. Uh, see, I, I never, I was not on board with the judges. But see, here's the difference. In this, in this game, they explain that the clan that you're in chooses to have a judge um, enter laws into their uh, battles to. I don't know. I don't know why they choose it, but they do. And the laws are... <laughs> Here I thought it was going to be less arbitrary. <laughs> Here, here's Oops. the difference, though. The, in the first game, if you... So the, in, in Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, there were laws you had to follow in combat, like no fire. And if you broke <laughs> no, the... You can no longer deal damage. Yes. <laughs> Good luck. And if you broke the law, your character would be given a red card, like in a sport or something, and then you would be thrown in jail. Um, in this game... If you don't follow the law, the only thing that happens is you don't get bonus items at the end of the combat, and you can't resurrect characters during combat. Okay, so it doesn't suck as bad. Yeah, as it doesn't. It, did it doesn't destroy. It's actually kind of it's kind of fun because by following the law, you get more better stuff at the end of at the end of battle. That's cool. Respect, please, kids. Um, it's very very cool. <laughs> I like it, and it was it was it was a fun thing. And also, I wanted to say that. Um, I've read more Tezuka stuff, and Tezuka's amazing. <laughs> Everything I've read by him, I've loved. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I've got Buddha in my book bag right now. And I just read uh, Monster Volume 15, 
Yeah. Um, spoiler alert, it's still good. <laughs> <laughs> and how many volumes are there going to be total? 18, 18 total. 18, 18 total, total volumes. And uh, it's, it's been both. over in Japan for years now. Yeah. It was over before they even started publishing it here. Interesting fact. Um, at the same time, <laughs> That's or, debatable. or towards the end of uh, his, his publishing of Monster, he was working on a book called 20th Century Boys. And when Viz got the rights to do Monster, they also got the rights to do that book. Uh, and they were going to publish them at the same time, but Naoki Urasawa thinks the art is better in 20th Century Boys. So he said, as part of his deal, that he didn't want them to start publishing that until Monster was completely done, because he didn't want it to overshadow Monster. And I'm thinking, if he's published something else that can overshadow Monster, I can't even imagine how good it is. I look forward to that. Yeah. For sure. No joke. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to interject in uh, the gaming news segment that doesn't exist right now. Yes. Uh, they just announced, I think, yesterday that Persona 4 will be coming out December 9th in America Land. So, uh, America Land. Yeah. This is like a I have, annuity thing. We were talking about Persona 3 last yeah, time. Yeah, and you know, it, it hasn't helped my clean shorts situation. I'll just say that. <laughs> so you got so, Chrono Trigger and Persona 4. Yeah, it's going to... And I, Chrono Trigger is also scheduled for a holiday release. So, nice. Um, on holiday. So, yeah. I'm My letter to Santa is being written as possible. We have, like, Fallout 3's coming out. Yeah. And I hear good things about that. Yeah. Rightly so. Anyway. That's Sorry. pretty much what I've been doing. There's a lot more. I've also been watching tennis, but these guys don't no, want to talk ahead. about that. No, go ahead. No, talk about <laughs> tennis. Yeah. They that... hit balls back and forth. It's exciting. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Denny. All right. So, I think it's funny that this is the closest we're going to come to... Uh, 4th of July episode, and all three of us have chosen to talk about international entertainment. Because <laughs> what I want to talk about is that I've been watching a lot of coupling. Give America! <laughs> which is hilarious. Coupling is a show that aired on BBC. It's been over. It's a few years old now. I think it yeah. aired during the 90s, even. And there were three seasons of it, and it was kind of like the BBC's response to how popular Friends was in America. So it's the same kind of formula. It's three guys and three girls. Only in coupling, it's about the main two characters just start dating, and it's about each of their exes and each of their best friends. And it's a lot more about sex than Friends was in yeah. a blunt way, and it's hilarious. It's like, very funny. I'm blown away every time I watch an episode that it just keeps getting funnier. And it's like it's almost like Scrubs in a in a way. In the in this second season, like some of the characters who are more outrageous are beginning to like become caricatures of themselves. Yeah. Like, you know how in Scrubs, J.D. and Turk are like that, you know? Each yeah. each season, they're more ridiculous, just because, like, why not? Oh, yeah. Oh. Those two. I'm sorry. <laughs> you want to stop and go change your pants because we're talking about Scrubs now? It's a bad day for my pants. But anyways, yeah. Wow. The quote, quote of the podcast. <laughs> we can quit now. So, yeah, coupling is outrageous. And I don't know if you can find it in DVD and, like stores around here but if you have netflix it's one of the uh shows that you can watch instantly all three seasons and i've been watching it that way and i just sit down and watch like a whole season in one sitting because it's that funny yeah it's just it's like as good as you can get as far as like pre, situational comedy. yeah as far as like pre-curb your curb your enthusiasm situational comedies whenever there's still a laugh track and like the old looking camera kind of <laughs> settings but it's still Hilarious, and so, the laugh tracks don't bother three me. Three cameras instead yeah, of one. Yeah, three cameras instead of one, exactly. Now, I'm sure most American comedy fans um, would probably be quick to compare this to The Office. Um, because it's British. Because it's British. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, 
Is is it like that at all? Or Mm-mm. it's a very very different show. I think. I mean, I mean, people would say it's the same kind of humor because it's a little more dry than American humor, maybe. But this show is like laugh out loud funny. It's not like in the in the British Office where you're laughing because you're kind of uncomfortable, which is hilarious, <laughs> you know, which is yeah. really really funny. This is much more, I think that this is more like an American colony. I would agree. I would say the coupling is much more American in sense of humor than, than the British office was. Yeah. It's just, you laugh very hard out loud because things are outrageous. But you will feel uncomfortable yeah, <laughs> a it, lot of it's, the time. It's not without its uncomfortable moments. Oh, yeah. Let's put that to rest right now. But so, yeah, I mean, that's what I've been up to. I've been watching that. And what else I've been up to is that the three of us went to see Wanted recently. We did. Ooh, look at Holy that sh- Was that our first segue? That was, <laughs> yeah! That was awesome. Yeah! <laughs> we should have time. a button that says, Segway. <laughs> Every time we pull one off. <laughs> That'd be oh, awesome. Man. If this was a video Segway. cast, we would have to shoot it where the three of us were on Segways. <laughs> <laughs> Just going down the street. Oh, that would be so awesome. that would mean we would have to get Segways. All right. It would be worth it. Omnibus <laughs> okay. podcast. We need a tag. Oh, <laughs> Omnibus Podcast. Um, we tell you what to think so you don't have to. I like yeah. it. Because thinking hurts. <laughs> That's true. So wanted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we got to stop doing that. I'm out of control. <laughs> uh, wanted is a movie. In case you haven't heard of it, it only made a few dozen wanted. million Wait, dollars. That's with the girl with the big lips. The, yes. You uh, know the one. The guy from March of the Penguins, I think. Really? What? Oh, Morgan Freeman? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, James Magwood was in March of the Penguins? Uh, it's funny because he's very clearly not going to be known for that. <laughs> uh, I get it. Yeah. So, I think that, I mean, we can just talk about it individually, but I think as a whole, we liked Wanted. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I think I may have liked it the most. I don't know. You you liked it quite liked a bit, a lot, didn't you, Adam? Yeah. I liked it a lot. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And I think it was great how much people had no idea what they were walking into when they went to that movie. Even yeah. people who have read the comic book, I think. I mean, I, we all read the comic, and yes. I expected there to be some laughs, but it was hilarious. Yeah. And everything, the I think the best thing about Wanted was that everything the comic book did to kind of poke fun at the comic book industry and superhero archetypes this movie couldn't do because of the way they changed the plot so they did that with action movies you know yeah. everything that was hilarious about this movie was because it was completely laughing at action movies this, and just taking it 10 steps over the top this movie was so over the top <laughs> that it was basically on the bottom somewhere <laughs> oh man it was outrageous tokyo yeah. drift eat your heart out <laughs> man, wow that's my tokyo movie drift <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> have you been drifting again? The comic book is, for those who don't know, uh, quite different because it's about super villains. Um, instead of about super assassins, right. you have people with actual superpowers and some really, really interesting characters that, uh, shall we say, <laughs> uh, have... Uh, offensive superpowers yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, the book was much less kill one save a, a thousand so much as it was kill some because it's fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like kill some and then go rape some later yeah, yeah. <laughs> because why not yeah. yeah that was pretty much the spirit of the book also <laughs> side trip to another universe to kill more people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also because we can yes yeah. and I think what's interesting is what we've just described is something ludicrously over the top clearly 
But the comic book, in my eyes, still has much more subtext than the movie. It, I feel, has a lot more to say. The movie, because it wants to have less offensive material, mm -hmm. by having the kill one, save a thousand, it makes the characters, I don't know, relatable, yeah. almost good guys. And the comic book avoids that altogether. And because everyone is so evil, the book has a lot to say that the movie can't say. And that would be the one fault in the movie, is I think that it loses a lot of the, the theme and the subtext that the book had. Yeah. Having said that, the movie's so much fun, really. How can yeah. you dislike it? Oh, it's a like, blast. It's just, if you go into that movie and you want to have a good time, you can't really be disappointed. I think that we sure. should take a second to mention the girl who was sitting behind Luke at the movie. As soon as the opening <laughs> oh credits came up, this girl goes, that was so boring. <laughs> We think that uh, I, you know this movie was a lot of things. <laughs> she eats speed for breakfast. She must. <laughs> I, I mean, there is you cannot say that the movie was boring. You could say it was bad if you want, but it was not boring. Over no. the top, excessive, ridiculous, <laughs> dumb. Maybe dumb. I guess yeah. all of those things. But, boring cannot be used to describe it. I think how long has it been out now? Like a week. Yeah. Yeah. I about think it premiered a week and a half ago, maybe. All right. So I, I think the hardcore have probably seen it. So um. If you guys want to talk about some of the plot points, I won't stop you. Plot points? Plot points, yeah. S I mean, such as they were. We don't have to go into too much detail, but, I mean, like Adam was saying, I think it was interesting where it differed from the book, and I agree that it took a little bit of the subtext away. The book had, like, well, the movie adds an aspect of morality to it right. and a motivation for killing. Whereas yeah, the Some book, redemption as well. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the book, there was only, you were only on one side of the morality spectrum, and it was just... The, the confrontation in the book was we want to be evil in different ways. You know? Yeah. Like, I want to be evil this way, but you want to be evil this way. Not like, I want to be evil and you want to be good. Yeah. So, I mean, it was quite different, but still, both fun. And I don't know if we've talked about the book on the show before, but... I don't think so. It's by Mark Miller and uh, J.G. Jones. Jones, who's doing the art for Final Crisis right now. But we all highly recommend it. I it's think. very good. It's great. We think everyone should go read it. And I do think that it's interesting, like I said, and not to beat a dead horse here, but the theme of the movie changes so much from the theme of the book. I mean, in a lot of ways, I think the theme of the book is about, well, first of all, it's about making a choice. No matter what that choice is, is better than complacency. Mm -hmm. And second of all, it's about <clears throat> like the relationship between the father and the son, but in a way that the movie never comes close to touching no. on. Yeah. Like, like uh, wanted in the book is about being wanted, and how the kid never feels like that until he can be whatever the fuck he wants to be, yeah. you know? And in the movie, they actually have a friggin' newspaper that says, WANTED, and the cops are, like, looking for these two people. Yeah. And, I mean... <laughs> pretty different <clears throat> connotation yeah. there. There's some father-son stuff in the movie, but I don't think it ever approaches the level of what the book tries to do with the idea. Yeah, and um, I would say, personally, that the movie was very good. Um, I enjoyed how they portrayed the main character as being a total loser. Yeah, yeah he was great. His, yeah. his performance was awesome. Yeah, That's I, for sure. I think as far as, and I think both the movie and the book did that in basically the same way, and I think they both did it very well. Yeah. Um, where I think the movie kind of faltered for me was the mythology that they put into it. And I think, first of all, it's inherently ridiculous. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if I want to talk about it. Oh, I wouldn't even go there. I think that yeah, it'd be a bit of a spoiler alert. Let, let me just say that after you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about when I talk about the ridiculous Fruit of the Loom storyline. <laughs> wow. Uh, that was good. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, um, it, that was kind of like, oh, come on. But um, as far as um, the theme of being a loser and taking control of your life, I think it did that very well, and I think it's also a very good action movie, and it put those two together yeah. in a, a pleasant way. And I think that maybe if you haven't read the book prior to seeing this movie, you would be able to enjoy it a lot more because you don't know how how good the book actually was. Yeah, yeah I'm really looking. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I'm really looking forward to talking to someone who has seen the movie and not read the book. Everybody yeah. I've talked because I mean we talk to people in the comic book store because we're all nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody I've talked to has uh, read the book first, and all I want to talk about how is oh it's not the same, you know. Yeah, right. And like I would really like to hear someone who has seen the movie and not read the book, or yeah. who sees. I, what I really want to hear, what's going to be the most interesting, I think, is someone who sees the movie and then comes and buys the book. And I want to know what they think of the book. I, and you know, what? I think that's going to happen a lot. I think that they're going to be like, "What the hell just happened?" Because <laughs> it's so outrageous and completely different. But if you've seen it, I think that you should send us an email at Omnibus Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. I was totally just going to say that. Because I want to hear what Stole people think of it. my thunder. I'm sorry. You can say it too. No, it's, it's over. And the other the thing that we passed. would like to know is, what did you think of the ending? If, yeah. if you've read the book, what did you think of the ending in comparison? If you haven't read the book, what did you think of the ending? Right. Because the ending, I think, is one of the, the big controversial parts of the book. Yeah, and when we say ending, we mean the very last shot of the movie and the yeah. very last page of the comic. Right. Not like a third act. The right. actual very last right. moment. Absolutely. Spoiler, I thought they were both kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All um, right, so did you have anything else no, to say? No, that's about so all. So you want to take all. a quick break and then come back and talk about previews and some other things? Sure, why not? Yeah. 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 All right, welcome back. Well, very realistically, you didn't go anywhere. But uh, like 4,000 years have passed. Yes, in the future past, we are broadcasting from... We will have been broadcasting from uh, Space Station on Mars to you directly in your home through this podcast. Excellent. It will have be amazing. Yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Dark Knight was really good. <laughs> so was Dark Knight 3, Electric Boogaloo. Not only were no, it too. Damn. <laughs> we'll come up with something different for that for next time. The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Okay. All right, let's do this thing. As we promised last podcast... We are going to talk about previews some more. This is the July previews rather than the June previews. That's right. This this is the previews for items shipping in September, theoretically. Although, due to lateness, some things will come out a little bit later. Oh, lateness later. All right. So, Luke, did you have anything you wanted to point out? Yeah, do you. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, as fans of the show, both of you, may know, I'm a big... Oh, come on now. We're not self-deprecating I'm anymore. sorry. I'll we have, like, seven fans. We're going on double digits, probably. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're getting up there. Every episode, it's it's like a geometric progression. It's kind of Pretty awesome. soon, we'll have four million. So, uh... And then we'll all be cool people who right. we will like very much. Yes. As I was saying, I am a giant Osamu Tezuka fan. And in this previews, we have his Blackjack Volume 1 hardcover coming out. And um, if you've read Buddha or 
Astro Boy. Astro, oh, Astro Boy is probably the one you'd know if you weren't really into comics. And yeah. How could you not love Astro Boy? He's got freaking guns that come out of his ass. That's adorable. It, you know it is. <laughs> <laughs> Strange as that seems. So yeah, I'm I'm just gonna read a little blurb here. Can I can I say we're now called Omnibus Podcast, calling ass guns adorable <laughs> since 2008. Wow, we weren't even due for a new one. <laughs> Okay, Blackjack is recognized as Osama Tezuka's third most famous character, after Astro Boy and Kimba the White Lion. He's a mysterious and charismatic young genius surgeon. Hmm, that sounds like a monster. <laughs> he travels the world performing amazing and impossible medical feats. Now, I've never read this or seen this or know anything about it. Well, this is the first English translation, isn't it? So this is the first time. I, there, There's an anime series and there were a couple anime series in Japan and I don't know which one it is but um, there's definitely an English version of one of the anime series um, I honestly you take this on faith that this is probably going to be awesome and I'm really excited about it yeah. Oh, yeah. the other thing that Luke probably hasn't noticed yet is that this hardcover version actually includes a 20 page story that has never been published yeah. at all Anywhere. Ever really? Yeah, as far as, as far as I know, it says it's the first time it's ever been published. Yeah, they'll say that, and that's pretty kick-ass. Definitely, and it's also available in softcover. If yeah, if you don't want to spend the extra money, you can right. get it in softcover. It's too. gonna be something like eight dollars cheaper in softcover. Yes, but it doesn't include that twenty-page story. Oh, good to know. Maybe and I'll have to spring. The hardcover <laughs> is limited to like fifteen hundred copies, so if you want it, you should pre-order it. This is why we're doing this whole previews thing, the yeah. pre-orders thing. Pre-order Blackjack Volume 1 in hardcover if you want it like that. Right, Luke? Right, I will. Just do it. Fine, I hate you guys. But yeah, this, <laughs> this book seems like it's going to be awesome. It's about a surgeon who doesn't want to follow the rules. Right. So he ignores and medical boards and just goes around and helps people the way that he wants to do it. It's it kind of like, it's, it's like Dr. Yeah. Cox. <laughs> Only well, probably not as funny. Yeah, it may not be like Dr. Cox. I'm sure it's funny, though. All of oh, Tezuka's yeah. stuff is funny. That's true. Except for Rodeo Kirihito. Except no, it's got Odeke some. Hito it's got some funny. Has a couple it. funny moments, but most of a girl gets deep MW, fried. <laughs> MW, MW is not funny. It's it's. it's I, I have it's, not read it's it yet. Scary, to be honest. Things happen in that book. <laughs> Things happen. <laughs> Things that will haunt. I just your read Dororo Volume Two. That book is funny. It's uh, really really. good. I need to pick that up. All I'm right. really excited about that. <clears throat> All right, so I'm gonna hand this over to you. All right. Um, what I'm gonna point out is on page sixty nine. Nah. Was that is that a joke or uh, not ironic? Coincidental. Omnibus podcast. Juvenile. I've been making bad sex <laughs> jokes since two thousand eight. <laughs> is that the word you're looking for? Okay, so on uh, page sixty nine of your July previews, there is now a, you can't see this, but, <laughs> but um, it's frightening. That is ugly. <laughs> uh, we have the Joker hardcover. Now, um, some time ago, Brian Azzarello, the guy who writes Hundred Bullets, a Omnibus podcast favorite, and Lee Mayho, an artist who's very good. A Adam also Lugabel good. favorite um, did a book called Lex Luthor, Man of Steel, which was, as you know, Superman is Superman, Man of Steel. Anyway, uh, Lex <laughs> Luthor, Man of Steel was a Superman story told from Lex Luthor's perspective, where Lex Luthor is the protagonist and Superman is the villain. The way it should um, be. And it's really, really cool. It's a really neat book, and it really kind of gives you a lot of insight into why Lex Luthor thinks the way he does. And in the end, you're like, wow. That's a bad dude. What a good book that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is the same deal. It's called Joker. Uh, it's by Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo. Uh, and, 
You know, for all I know, it could be Bermejo. I'm assuming <laughs> that it's Bermejo. I'm if I'm wrong, please email me at omnibuspodcast yeah. at gmail.com. <laughs> Otherwise, just follow your heart, man. Yeah. Uh, so this is the same deal. It's going to be a story that takes place from the Joker's perspective. And uh, I guess it's uh, it's an original graphic novel rather than yeah. a, it's starting out as comics. So that's always good. Uh, we want to encourage DC to do that more often. So I, I honestly think it's going to be amazing. And you should probably, you should probably yeah, buy it. Yeah, it's great. Very scary. Yeah, you should probably pre-order that. <laughs> Although the cover is terrifying, yes, yeah. it is. But I mean, it's the Joker. This is Did definitely one. going to be cute. This is definitely one you're going <laughs> to want facing outward on your bookshelf, <laughs> if no other reason than the save on fumigation cost. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm I'm saying that it's so ugly, it's going to scare rats. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you explained that joke. <laughs> All right, so. explaining jokes makes them funnier. You know, my jokes are you know by the by. They're, they're pretty bad. That was a joke. No, wait, that's last episode. All right, so... <laughs> these, these are jokes. These are jokes. They're funny. In case you weren't sure. You know, I went to the same school as Dennis Miller. <laughs> Don't tell people that. I had his locker. I had his locker, yeah. No. That's why my jokes are so obscure. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> it, it all makes sense. All right, so I'm going to talk about the Punisher Omnibus by Garth Ennis. It's on page, page 91 of your Marvel previews. This is another book that... If you're planning on getting it, you might want to pre-order it. Um, these books don't go, they're not print to order, but the Marvel Omnibus books have been known to go out of print pretty quickly. Especially books like Alias and Punisher and Daredevil. things like Daredevil. The Frank Miller Daredevil stuff. Stuff that's more fringe, like Spider-Man and X-Men you're a little bit more okay with. Yeah. Fringe stuff like Punisher and Daredevil, while it's popular, is going to go out of print. Yeah. So this Omnibus is pretty much every... Punisher story that Garth Ennis did before he started his run on Punisher Max, which is the run that's about to end with issue 60. Does it end I at? I believe it ends at 60, yes. Yeah, and this run is it's amazing. Like, yeah. It is insanely good, and when people look back and talk about great superhero runs, you know, when people talk about, like, Bendis and Malieve on Daredevil and Miller and Jansen. Frank Miller on Frank Miller and Jansen on Daredevil, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Ditko and Dick and Stanley on Spider-Man. This is going to be one of those stories. We're almost positive that. Yeah. I mean, it's been phenomenal so far, and this is the very first time that he touched on the character, and he takes. And Punisher was in a bad place before Garth Ennis yeah. started writing it. So uh, this is a recent thing, right? Oh yeah. Well, these in the late nineties, early two yeah. thousands. Yeah. yeah. This is okay. the stuff before he started his sixty issue run that's just about to end. Okay. So he's been doing that for five years, and so probably about. Four years worth of comics. You know what? I think that. it starts at 2000. I think yeah. the very first story is Welcome Back, Frank, and that was in yeah. 2000. So just so our viewers at home know, listeners, before Garth Ennis took on the Punisher, he had become an angel and like had angel powers. Yeah, and sidekicks. And like, and like it was bad. There was even a time when he was like doing magic stuff. Wait, Garth Ennis had these powers? No, <laughs> the Punisher himself. <laughs> no, and that's then, Alan Moore. And then Garth Ennis. <laughs> Then Garth Ennis came on the book with that Welcome Back Frank miniseries and just completely ignored it all. Oh, yeah. And and just barely mentioned it in passing. Never, ever <laughs> count out the power of ignoring something yes. until it goes away. <laughs> That's what we call retroactive continuity, and it is a godsend on it a is. book like that. It's Especially. a retcon. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's amazing the things that he did with this book. He made The Punisher so incredibly interesting. And you start to see it in this omnibus, but 
he pretty much turns the Punisher into like this force of nature and like touches on all these th stories about how other people have their families killed but they don't do what he does and tries to find out what makes him different and it's just a really really great book if you like superhero books or if you don't like superhero books this is a book you want to be reading yeah that's something we definitely try to do is uh, we would try to recommend the stuff that's just awesome yeah. by virtue of being awesome oh yeah like, you're gonna like this book no matter what kind of books you like i think yeah and plus everybody can identify with the punisher because he's kind of like that silly you know yeah. light-hearted uh, yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah. He's always fighting on the side. He's got a really good. happy family. You can yeah. just sit down and read it with your family. You He's know? basically Spider-Man with a gun. <laughs> and here's one thing that we will want to mention about the Punisher Omnibus in the Marvel previews. This stuff is weird. It's not quite like the Mac stuff that comes yeah. later. He, like, at some point in time, I think he runs over Wolverine with a... With uh, a what do you call those things? things? Steamroller, maybe? Yeah, steamroller. Like, he yeah. runs him over with one of those things. And, like, it's... it's <laughs> It's and Wolverine funny. just pops back, kind of oh, yeah. like in the Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> and these are the books where those goofy roommates from the movie come from, who weren't really the people who live in the apartment building, yeah. who weren't really very funny in the movie, but they're much better in the, in these stories. So it's 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 not Punisher Max. It's not like this level of seriousness and political storytelling that's in that, mm -hmm. but it is still really really cool. Yeah, and it definitely will make a lot of people really happy. Excellent. So there's some preview things to think about. Yeah. Not for our main course. Our main course. Let's talk about the Batman. Finally, we're eating. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Luke's hungry, so we're going to stop the, the Omnibus podcast short. Now. No, no, I don't want that email. I don't want that email. Um, okay, so we had a situation where an, a, an individual asked me the question about if there were any superheroes who were realistic and I kind of was not sure what that meant and we talked about some different stuff and then eventually they told me that their opinion about Batman is that the character is unrealistic because anyone after that amount of time having been a superhero operating at his level without powers would eventually kill um, he believed and I think it's an interesting thing to talk about that someone like like Batman, who sees the evil of someone like the Joker, or even the Riddler, you know, over and over and over again, they're seeing the horrible things that these people do, that eventually he would be driven to kill that person. And I guess this made me think, well, I don't know if I agree with that, and I'd like to talk about it. So that's one point. And then second, I just think that it would be interesting to talk overall about whether or not Batman's realistic as a character. Mm -hmm. I mean, beyond that simple idea, which I think is very interesting, the, the murder thing whether or not we think Batman's a realistic character to begin with. Yeah, in a world where well, superheroes are real. Batman's yeah. clearly not realistic because a man of that age who's a bachelor living alone with a teen boy <laughs> who's not gay, that's ridiculous. That's the stuff of fantasy, my friends. Um, there was a psychiatrist who wrote a book about uh, the idea that Batman is just, he's stuck psychologically at the moment in which his parents were killed. So the only people in the world that he can identify with are children, and it's not a pedophilia thing. It's just that his his emotional development never matured beyond the moment at which he watched his parents die, which is why he needs a Robin, and why once Robin became an adult, he kind of pushed him out, and he became yeah. Nightwing, and he needed to get another kid 
as the only person he could really identify with in his world. It's, it's a really interesting theory. It's a shame that Michael Jackson isn't cool enough to use that excuse. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> You're just out of control. I'm talking? to this podcast more offensive than ever. <laughs> okay. Did I derail that fast enough? What was my time on that? <laughs> but no, I think Frank Miller touches on that stuff a lot in, yeah. with Carrie, right? Was that her yeah. name? Yeah. She was a Robin-like character years after right? Robin okay. and gone and he needed someone young again and he ends up pretty much making an army of young people yep. like her and yep. it's awesome yeah. so i have a question um has batman never killed like have there been books where he has killed in the in the 40s batman killed all the time yeah um, usually it was accidental but he would he would be okay with it whoops um well that's it's funny that you say that so blase but that's what he would do exactly um, no i believe it yeah. like the Joker, or not the Joker specifically, but someone would get skewered on a sword, and he would say, literally, a fitting end for a villain such as he. Yeah, much, much like the spirit. The spirit yeah. is just like this, where I was amazed the first time I read the spirit at how much people die. And yeah. at the end of every issue of the spirit, a woman dies almost. And yeah. it's just like, oh man, that sucks that that happened. Yeah. But it happens. Oh well. There are these great early Batman issues where there was one issue, I think, where the whole story is about how this guy dies and it starts with him dying on the on the doorsteps of the jail or something and then the whole issue is just like about what he did to deserve death and why Batman and the criminals ended up resulting in him dying mm -hmm. and like this is the 40s you know <laughs> uh, but no I don't think that the current Batman kills no. so for the sake of this argument we're going to say that the Batman, as a character as he is now, uh, still has all that history behind him, but he just, ideologically, he won't kill. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what's bullshit about that? Yeah. Or not bullshit about yeah. that? I mean, I am of two minds because, I don't know, this is something I'd like to hear your input on. I think that if the Batman were to start killing, the police would have to take him as, as a threat a lot more. Right. Like, as soon as he were to kill, the, the police would have to take him in. That's, it's illegal to be a vigilante. Yeah, that's a huge aspect of it, <clears throat> is his role as a detective in Gotham, yeah. which is unlike almost all of the other DC superheroes. Aside from, I mean, like, The Flash works with, like, the Keystone Police and stuff like that, but he's still a superhero. Right. I mean, Batman is practically, like, a freelance detective for the Gotham PD, even though they hate him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. It's like... Really, you would even think, why would they deal with this guy at all? Because you would think that the policy of a real-world police station would be no vigilantes right. ever. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, to lend some weight behind that, Gotham City is supposed to be so bad yeah. that the police station can't function as it was meant to, let alone well enough to have its own ideology. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, and you throw in the, the thing that a book like Gotham Central shows you is that the police really, really don't like having to work with Batman, but when they're faced with something like, I don't know, Gorilla Grodd, you know, or <laughs> or Mr. Freeze, anybody yeah. with superpowers, it's not, it's just not in their wheelhouse, yeah. you know, to deal yeah. with that. You know, they're normal people with normal lives and families at home, and they're supposed to go after a guy who can freeze them with a gun. Yeah. That's true, too. That's the first, that's how Gotham Central starts, correct? Yeah. Is the police being confronted with a problem that they weren't able to solve on their own and how much it frustrates them that they have to turn somewhere else. Yeah. And so that, that is, it's true that 
in the real world, someone like Batman, the police would never work with. But in a world where there are super-powered vigilantes on either side of the law, like, not either side of the law, but um, both breaking the law and trying to uphold it, the police may be forced to work with, with someone like Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's get back to the murder thing. If, if someone <clears throat> like Batman, who is this this time-honored vigilante who's done this day in, day out since he was old enough to throw a batarang. (laughs) I mean, I think that someone like that would probably get pretty jaded. Now, I mean, it's, it's really, this is a very difficult question because, I mean, maybe he is just a strong enough person where he would just stick to his convictions the entire time. But I think that the vast majority of people in that situation, with that kind of background, would snap. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably well before Batman even got to the point that he's at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to divorce the idea of, like, reality and the character as, like, a literary character, you know? Like, I want to say that I don't think Batman would be the Batman if he didn't have his morality the way he does, you know? It's really kind of what defines him, and for as violent as he is and dark and scary, in many ways, he has stronger code of morals than a lot of the other big superheroes like and i'm thinking a lot about identity crisis and the way that uh melter talked about it in that and there's a big part of that in which all the other superheroes want to make a decision that's going to affect a lot of people's lives without letting them know about it and they decide to hide it from batman because they know how much he wouldn't approve of it yeah (laughs) and it makes a lot of sense you know and that's what you have to like about batman is that he'll say like no that's bullshit yeah we're not going to do that yeah and I think, like, even someone like Frank Miller, who writes a really dark, yeah. really violent Batman, he still stops before killing. And he got so upset in All-Star Batman and Robin when he thought that he had trained a killer in Robin. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to spoiler it too much for you, but, I mean, we're already, we're in kind of a philosophical conversation now. I think spoilers are going to gonna have to come flying if we're gonna really delve into the don't, don't worry about into it. the personality of Batman. But he got really upset when he thought that he had created a killer in oh, yeah. Robin. He did not want Robin to ever do something like that. And that he's that just that kind of person, even when the darkest writer arguably of Batman is yeah, writing that, him. That's a good point. I think if Frank Miller's Batman won't kill people, no one's Batman will kill people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and but again, the question maybe is, Adam West's Batman, but that's just because <laughs> maybe he's confused and he's like tripped. Um, so the question we have to ask is, do we buy into that? I think for me, I think that I do, and the reason for me that I do is because you have to think that it was murder that set Bruce Wayne on this path, you know, and that made him become the person he is, and he knows how badly he was hurt by his parents' murder. I think because of that, that's what started, like, his extreme set of morality, that he would never want to do that to another person, and that's why he does what he does, yeah. and I think that he recognizes that if he kills or some random thug on the street, who's to say that that random thug doesn't have, like, children, you know, yeah. who are going to be as broken as he was yeah. by his parents' death, and I think that the fear of hurting other people that way stops him just before killing people. Yeah, like, I hate to just say it so simply, because it's a like horribly complicated issue but i think 
that that event is Batman. And yeah. the fact that he won't kill, that, that is him. That's his, his creed. That's what he is. I think once Batman crosses that line and starts killing people, which I don't think he would, I think once he does that, he's no longer Batman. I would agree with that. I would say that if he can get to the point where he can start killing, that he's no longer Batman at all. He's he's moved past that moment in his life. Yeah. And he's right on the edge, and that's what a lot of the best Batman stories, like Arkham Horror and some other things... Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Arkham Horror is a board game, which yes. is also cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Arkham Asylum, um, a lot of those great stories, like, put the Batman and the Joker facing each other like mirrors you know and you get to see how just how similar they are but right where the line is drawn that like batman won't cross and that's what makes him batman and not the joker and i think that that's what the movie might try to do as well i also think that one interesting thing that we i had mentioned the possibility of discussing whether someone like batman is realistic at all but i think one thing that's interesting is that because batman doesn't have superpowers him not killing in a certain sense makes more sense. Let me, allow me to explain. Go someone right like ahead. someone like Spider-Man or Superman in an emotional situation where they're really upset has so much power that accidentally killing someone because they've lost track of their own strength would be very easy. Right. Yeah. Um, and actually Spider-Man has accidentally killed people in the comics in continuity. Superman, I think, has. I'm not 100% on that. But um, the point is, they have so much power that if they get too emotional, it it seems unrealistic to me that at some point in time they wouldn't have killed. Yeah. Batman doesn't have that. Batman's a human, and while he's really strong and he certainly has, you know, the martial arts training to kill, he's not going to accidentally punch someone too hard because he's pissed off. Yeah, he would have to do it intentionally. Yes. Yeah, any time Batman kills someone, it's going to be... Like a very purposeful action. Yes. Like he, yeah. he will be pulling the trigger, so to speak. Yeah. He, he, he will have made that absolute conscious choice. Right. And I think that that lends a little bit of realism to the fact that Batman hasn't killed. Um, and maybe takes a little bit away from some of the superheroes who have powers and haven't killed. Mm-hmm. Now, could this non-killing Batman actually exist? <laughs> in the real world, could a non-killing Batman exist? Well, I mean, let's ask the question. Could you watch the Joker continue to escape from Arkham Asylum over and over and over again and go on mass killing sprees without killing him? Like, without ending his life. But could anyone, how could the mayor watch this happen over yeah. and over and over again and not finally say, put a gun to that guy's head? Yeah, yeah I, th- I think in the real world where you aren't, you know, you're not an issue coming out every couple months... I think that you probably would just get sick of it. Yeah, but not even just the Batman. There are dozens, if not hundreds or thousands of people in Gotham City who were, or would be perfectly capable of ending the Joker. Mm-hmm. Right. And it would happen. Yeah, for the sure. Joker, the Joker would not be alive in, in real life. The police in Gotham Central, they would have killed oh, him. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> many, many of the cops from Gotham Central would have killed him. Yes. And it's it's just... I think that he's a character that is very interesting, and I'm glad he exists, but I think if he were to die, it would not necessarily be the worst thing for yeah. Batman. <laughs> Aren't we pragmatists? <laughs> so that was a... a um, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it sure was that, that thing great. that we did. I don't even remember. Where am I? Why are my pants soiled? What's going on? None of this will be making it into the show. <laughs> All of it will. <laughs> I worked probably. All right, so uh, we're about to end things now. We're thinking about maybe doing one of our almost famous spontaneous <laughs> top fives. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. You know what? I think we might want to do, unless someone else has a better idea. I think we should do top five dark, dark characters, or dark, dark superheroes, even. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I could, I could get on that train. Let's I could do ride it. it. <laughs> All right, who's starting this thing? Are we going to do superheroes or characters? Let's, let's not limit it to superheroes. Let's just do... Uh, Comic fi- characters? Or? We'll just say characters in fiction. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. I can't do it anymore. Spontaneous top five. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Yeah, I gotta work on that soundboard. <laughs> All right. Spontaneous. Spontaneous. Who's up? That was me pressing it twice. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, God. I'll go first because it's just gonna be ludicrous. There's too many characters in fiction to, to even know, go down the, even down, the, down the gravy train here. Um, five of our favorite dark characters. Number one, I'm gonna go with uh, friggin' what's his bucket. <laughs> I love that guy. Milo from 100 He's Bullets. Great. Yeah. Uh, I won't say anything else other than that. Milo from 100 Bullets. Uh, I'm also gonna go with um, Swamp Thing. Great. Very dark. Yeah. Very dark character. I'm just. How I'm, do we I'm, define dark? Like, well, are we talking like evil or no, not evil. or physically of a dark color, <laughs> dark shade? <laughs> no, I just mean that the story that they're cast in is is dark in tone, like okay, um, and that the character, well, especially Swamp Thing. I mean, Swamp Thing's like the gothiest dude that ever lived. I mean, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm so because sad he, because he I easily, thought I was a person and I'm actually a plant. He can easily get a job at a hot topic. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to try to get out of comics now because I'm going to yeah. just go down through all five in comics if I'm not careful. Yeah. Um, let's go with Darkman. <laughs> oh, God. This is getting ridiculous. <laughs> well, it's dark. I mean, how much darker can you get than having the word dark in your name? Am I right? You're right. I can't argue with um, that. Dracula. Hello. Obviously. He's dark. Uh, and uh, for number five, I'm going to go with the... Uh, the guy in Condemned. <laughs> the, guy the guy in Condemned. Good character. Yeah. Wow. That's a good one. Man, yeah. that poor guy. <laughs> that was a shitty situation. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna do... I'm gonna say The Punisher. That's a good one. Because I enjoy The Punisher because he shoots people. And he's like... That's what you look spoiler for? Spoiler alert. He kills dudes. I, I'm, just, you know, I'm the kind of guy who shoots people. That's all it is. He's on the other line from Batman. That line we said before? Yeah. He's on the other side of it. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm gonna not use Batman. We just talked about that. I feel bad. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go... I think Dracula belongs on this list. That was a good one. Thank I wasn't you. even thinking of yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. 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 Dracula's awesome. <laughs> uh, how about Sweeney Todd? Wow. Okay. That's awesome. He's a barber. He's a barber. <laughs> he is a barber. He kills dudes. He'll kill some people. Um, dude Face from Fight Club. Wow. Dude, Tyler. Narrator? Tyler Durden. Well, see, I didn't know what to call him, so I called him Dude Face. Okay, there. I gotcha. And now I need a last one. Dun, like, dun, maybe I should just say Batman and get this list over <laughs> with. <laughs> say Asriel, the guy who took over for Batman when his back was broken. <laughs> I'm going to go with Batman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this thing. I'm going to say um, the Invisible Man from 
like oh, from Lee Rashard. That's a good one. Wow. Yeah. He's a dark. He's a dark dude. Dark dude. That guy kind of scares me. <laughs> yeah. Actually, right. you might say he's not dark because he's invisible. You might Whoa. say that. Oh, go on. All right. I'm gonna <laughs> say top five not opaque characters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Daredevil. All right. Because that's also good. He's the man. Yeah. I'm gonna say Omar Little from The wow. Wire. Yeah, that's a good because choice. Because he's the coolest guy ever. Yeah. Omar's the man. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Do oh, let's say someone from Goodfellas. Okay, that's like my favorite movie. All right, let's, let's say, say the Goodfellas. <laughs> the Goodfellas in general. Those dudes. I would say. Um, uh, let's just say people in the mafia. <laughs> the mafia is your favorite. Dark <laughs> Those guys are dark. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say Ray Liotta's character. Okay. Henry Hill, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. We'll fact check yeah, that. That's right. <laughs> There's no time for fact checking. There's this, no. this is the end of the this episode. This is live. Not so. Really. <laughs> My last one, I want to say like some kind of monster. I want to say the shark from Jaws. Wow! <laughs> Since Luke likes when what? I Luke hates when I talk about the shark from Jaws oh, as if God. it was a real character. This guy will like wax philosophical about the the shark from Jaws all, all day long. He's a puppet all day long. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's, that's my five oh. all day long. I can't wait till the next episode so we can talk about the shark from Jaws some more. All right. I can't wait until after the Dark Knight premieres so I can compare the Joker to the shark from Jaws. It's going to wow. be awesome. That's going to be great. Uh, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Omnibus podcast. If you'd like to send us a question, comment, uh, fan mail letter thing. Picks. Picks. Yeah, picks. Um, if, you, if you're, you know, let's just not get into that. <laughs> the, the address is omnibuspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe at our website, omnibuscast.wordpress.com, or you can now pick us up on the iTunes Music Store. Woo! How good does that feel? That feels good. I'm pretty happy about wow, it. Wow, it's like we're a legitimate podcast now. It's, I have our t shirt designed like in my head. Wow. There goes the contest. <laughs> Sorry, you guys can do one too if you want. <laughs> <laughs> the one that you have is going to be awesome. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening, and uh, do it again. That would be pretty cool. Thank <laughs> you.